Now, It Sucks To Be Right presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin from RepublicanDirtyTricks.com recorded live at FYNation.com and replayed on Progressive Voices. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me on Saturday night. This is how I spend my Saturday evenings, um, all alone, <laughs> talking into a microphone and hoping that somebody's going to listen. Well, I hope that alone. we're, this is like a conversation because I could really go, I could just keep talking on and on and on. So I, uh, you could tweet at FY, hashtag FYI live. And this is a FYI nation slash progressive voices partnership. So I always have to remind people that if you're listening on Progressive Voices, this is a recording. We record it live Saturday nights at, at, from 7 to 8 Eastern, and then it's replayed 6 to 7 Eastern on Sunday on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. So because we have to help each other, uh, we are liberals, we are normal people, we, we understand that we are in this together and that we you know we we don't have the Koch brothers we don't have uh, I mean much to uh, the misunderstanding of the right wing let's put it that way the uh, we don't have a George Soros I wish we did I wish I wish that we had these backers because I see I see these hacks like Breitbart there, there's nobody and what's this other one the cinema what do they call themselves the uh, Project Verite, what is that? That James O'Keefe thing. Uh, they, they they give themselves such these names that sort of like wrap themselves in the veneer of legitimacy when it's just nothing but hacks and ed- editing pieces, hitch jobs. On I mean, it's not journal. But we need. I wish I had uh, some of the Koch brothers money would come in because those people, they get backing. If you're, if you're towing the party line, you will get backing. And I remember, I mean, I'm not, I hope I'm not, um, saying anything that Mike Malloy would be mad at me, for saying, but he, I remember him telling me the story that he, because he knew Sean Hannity for the he's on show that Sean Hannity one of the stupid people he ever met in his entire life, and that they were at a party because they were both in media, and Sean Hannity said to Mike, "Oh, you're still doing that liberal thing. Uh, the money's in conservatism." So there you go, Sean Hannity. They're, they're just whores. They don't, and they're selfish. I mean, and no offense to whores, you know what I mean? Because some of my best friends were whores, right? I mean, I'm in recovery, so I I go to meetings. I mean, I'm outing myself. People know that. So I know I know, I've known a few people that have hit those bottoms, and these the Republicans are a whole different ball game. They're they're perpetually the self. It's sort of like what uh, the that famous quote: the modern conservative is in uh, is in a perpetual. What was it? The state of the superior moral justification for selfishness. John Kenneth Galbraith. I just butchered that quote, but 
That's all. I mean, it's really the truth. The search for the superior moral justification for selfishness and not giving a, a crap about other human beings, which is, it's not, that's not how we were created. So I always say that, you know, human beings are interdependent. We, when you, they've done studies, right? So you, when you give things, when you, you, they, they, you get the same chemical release in your brain uh, that, uh, that gives you good feelings that as if you received something. So that says to me that mother nature has wired us to, to give and receive, to both, to be interdependent. So, you know what I mean? The goddess of the market, Ayn Rand, might say that uh, selfishness is the highest value, but the goddess of nature says that we're in this together. So, but, I mean, we are in this horrible election cycle, and I can't wait till it's over, and I often wonder if I'd be a lot happier if I, I wonder if there's like this bizarro Tara living in like a civilization, living in Sweden, you know what I mean? Who's like happy. I, I, I just picture Sweden because I, I know that these um, Scandinavian countries are, are always like the happiest nations or whatever. They're, supposed uh, they're always to be. on the top 10. What's that? They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be the happiest nations in the world. Um, yeah, yes. the Scandinavian these, these nations are. Yes, they are. And this is, for those who don't know, this uh, Jules Frazier is filling in for Tom, who is, Thomas uh, is my executive producer, normally, Tom Reynolds, and um, Jules is filling in. So thank yep. you, Jules. And Jules, <laughs> Hello. your own show. Tell, yes. tell, tell people about your show. Oh, I um, I do a morning show um, here on FYI Nation, um, Morning Jewels, and I'm on from 10 a.m. to um, noon um, Eastern Time, so, yeah. And I, I do news and politics on kind of uh, the, the stuff media doesn't normally cover, is the way I put it, so. Yeah, yeah. so hang out with Jewels in the morning, Morning Jewels, right? Yes, That's is. what it's called. Morning Jewels, yes, it is. Morning Jewels, kind of a... Kind of a uh, off take of um, some other shows I think you might know about. You'll see what I did there, right? So. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you're it's right. Um, there, there might, there might be, there might be an evil, evil, um, happy, um, uh, happy kind of Tara someplace, right? I know. I just wonder because Ooh. it really is stressful living in 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 this country, it and is. I think that it partly because. I just wonder what it would be like not to have to worry about health care, you know, like having not to worry about getting sick. I got sick less. I was like two years ago now. I ended up in the hospital for six days. I was I was never so sick in my life. I had an infection that turned into a big catastrophe and I was oh bedridden my. for a month. What's that? I, oh, my. That's horrible. I've oh, been yeah, there, though. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it was like I went to the clinic because I finally just broke down and went to the clinic. And I, they put me in the hospital. And I had no idea I was going to go to the hospital when I left my house. But it just, and I got a bill, you know, but I have health insurance. So thanks to Obamacare, I don't get health insurance because I get, because I'm an independent person, right? I don't work for a corporation. 
And thankfully, I had insurance. And they sent a bill for $30,000 or whatever it was. It was probably more. I don't even remember well, exactly. Yeah, but I didn't that's have what it to was. pay <laughs> that. It was ridiculous, though. It's like if I didn't have insurance, then you have to what would I have, what would I have to do? I'd have to mortgage everything you have to pay this bill. Yeah, you'd be screwed. And that's why. Mm -hmm. So while you're trying to get better or or heal or whatever, like you have to. Who the hell is uh, shopping? For, you know, they sent me to the hospital. It did, and I wasn't like, oh, is this in my network or whatever? Like, I, I had no choice. I just went, and it was, I was in. Next thing you know, you know, I'm in. I'm, I was really, really sick, and I was out of it. So there, you know, you're not like, uh, oh, let me do the research, and I mean, and and I just wonder. Wouldn't it be great not to have to worry about these things? And I know because my my uh, friend and partner on It Sucks to Be Right, the tar uh, not well, this is the Tara Buster, but the six minute thing that we do, the uh, Sherry D. Sutton, the who's a comedian, she she's in in uh, Republican Switzerland dirty right tricks. now. Sweet, I don't even know Sweden, Switzerland. Yes. I keep getting, <laughs> I always mix it up. <laughs> Whatever, she's over there. She's and over in the European countries. She's where they're happier, right? <laughs> she's, not here. she's not here. She's not in the tri-state area like me. And the in the New York tri-state area. But she's partly there to get I mean she's working. She's doing uh some theater thing over there. But partly because she doesn't want to come back because she needs to get medical care. And you don't have to worry there. So you're mm -hmm. the and the medical care that she would have to pay out of pocket here is just like exorbitant and there's just you just can't do it it's ridiculous here yeah and exactly. i'm just so tired of republicans who first of all obamacare it, there's problems with obamacare because it is the republican health care plan and i get these idiots tweeting me i tweeted something like that obamacare sucks because it's the republican plan and I, you know, oh, now you're blaming Republicans. Look at this, look at this libtard. You know, like they tweet me. But the fact is, it's the truth. It was the Obamacare was Nixon care, Romney care. It's hatched in the bowels of the Heritage Foundation. So that when you have a health care plan that is that is put together to keep the for-profit health insurance ghouls who do nothing, who are just parasites, who stand in between you and your doctor, skimming 20% off the top now. Now, that's that's the cap. That's in Obamacare. They can only take 20 instead of like the 33% they used to take. So when you have those people who do nothing but just skim off, they're just like a racket. It is a racket. What do they do? They do nothing. They, they, they deny you care. So when you have people like... Bill McGuire, who was the former United Healthcare CEO, leaving that company with a $1.6 billion with a B bonus for doing what? For denying people health care. That's that's disgusting. That and it is that is a system that is unconscionable and needs to stop. So now you have Oh, I saw this Republican response today or whatever, like they do their little weekly 
response to life in general. I guess life is going too good for some people, so they got to get in there and make it worse. They're talking about Obamacare. They hate Obamacare, but uh, what's their what's their alternative? Because that's that's their plan. They got repeal and replace with what? Oh, uh, across straight state lines. It's the same. It's the same game. They constantly play tax credits, a tax break. Let's get let's get some more tax breaks. That'll do it. I mean, these people and they are these are people that will steal your wallet and help you look for it, right? They, oh, yeah. they make <laughs> they, they are. They're, it's just they run a game on people, and uh, so Obamacare is uh, the problem with Obamacare is that we have entrenched for-profit health into our into, even more into our lives. So this Republican was giving a response to whatever the week, and he was saying, "Oh, they Democrats want to." enact a public option this is awful why yeah because awful because it's so because people will have choice and options and there'll be real competition these people they don't they love government let's put it that way they they say they hate government they love government as long as it is making the rich richer and keeping the you know everybody else in their place because they can't seem to make a buck. They all talk about competition, the free market. Well, let's get some real competition in there. And then let's see those premiums go down. They talk about, oh, they, they don't like that people are paying so much out of pocket, so much for their premiums. But they didn't have a problem before. Because I remember when I did work for a company, every year insurance went up. They didn't have problems then. When they would deny people care, when you, when people with it, when a kid with leukemia would hit his or her lifetime cap before they hit puberty, so they had no problem then. When, you know, what was it? They did a study: thirty-five thousand, uh, hundred. No, wait, I'm getting it wrong. Thirty-five thousand people. Is it? Am I right? I don't know die oh. each year for because of lack of care like they didn't oh. go to the i mean and that's yeah no yeah it's it's like 35 uh, a thousand um uh, a year something yeah. like that. it's, it's and, an outrageously uh, large amount of people um because uh, yeah they they just die and i mean because, what yeah, what for else lack of, we can expect yeah. you know and then they and and the and then you have millions more declaring this uniquely American medical bankruptcy, which is disgusting when you think about it, that people have to declare bankruptcy because they get sick. And, you know, I mean, I thought Republicans loved America. This is the other thing. I cannot stand. They all they will go and shove pureed peas up an illegally detained person's ass because it will save American lives. This is what they say. They will commit torture. They will commit war crimes because they want to save lives. But they'll, they will shout, let them die, when confronted with the question, what do you do with somebody who, has, who is seriously ill without insurance? These people, they shout, let them die. That's, this is who they, they are disgusting because Republicans, they can't seem to, I don't know what it is. It's a, maybe it's a lack of empathy. There's something not right with them. There's, and I mean, that's just putting it mildly. Like, look at who they have made their standard bearer. Republic, I mean, this this Donald Trump. 
I almost called him Republican Trump. <laughs> we should call him Republican Trump. Yeah, we should. <laughs> he is good. He is Republican. I mean, it's just the <laughs> he personifies them to a T. And the 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 good thing is with him is that he he doesn't speak in dog whistles. That's that's the problem that they have with him is that he is just letting it all hang out. He doesn't, you know, he he if and the thing that scares me about him is on top of everything else that scares me about him is that he if if they have maybe they'll get it together one day Republicans maybe they will figure out how to present somebody who's not as d- just disgusting as Donald Trump and uh, because and then fascism will come will really come to America because if you they had somebody like Ronald Reagan or whatever talking about building a wall and Muslims and Mexicans are rapists and everything else that torture saying that torture is strong we got to be strong I mean when it's the what is the complete opposite of strength is to denigrate yourself so much your your whole society so much as to commit torture that that is that's strong that's weak that is weak because as the interrogators in World War II said when we were torturing when it all came out about the Bush administration torturing detainees who aren't charged who aren't even charged just pulled off the battlefield or whatever they call it it's not even a friggin' battlefield but they pulled them off out of their homes and put them in this this uh legal limbo they don't even charge them which is a it's such a violation of any every thing that is the foundation of a free people is the being able is being charged i mean that's what the king used to do this was that was what part of what the magna carta was about was to you know you cannot just take somebody and put them in jail and not charge them uh, and there has to be a legal process and to to stick to your laws to be a nation of laws and that's how you win the hearts and minds you don't win hearts and minds when Donald Trump's talking about being strong you're not being strong you're creating terrorism for generations to come that's by being a disgusting monster all you you have to you see the moral high ground by doing things like that and that's i mean there was the stories about in world war 2 about how the prisoners came to how we held people here in the United States and some of these people stay remained here because they had see they saw us in action they they wanted to stay here that they and the and where we weren't torturing people and in fact they were told and the the Germans were told if you're going to uh surrender don't surrender to the Russians surrender to the Americans because they would treat you decent and I mean that to me on is something to be proud of. I wouldn't it's not weakness, that's strength. So the the uh you know to ha- it's just that Republicans have it completely backwards and they put us in danger by being so weak by I mean you know just just being a bunch of idiots who sound uh, and they just see you know this whole nation with this with so much 
yeah, I don't even know. Like so much to be ashamed of, honestly. And I mean, they really are deplorable. Hillary had one thing right. I mean, she, and I will be voting for Hillary. So I'm. Uh, people know that. Whatever. I'm a Bernie Krant. And one thing I I don't know. I was thinking about talking about this because yesterday I was uh, listening to the radio. I don't know Tom Hartman. It wasn't on Tom's show. It was, I think he was on uh, the Majority Report or whatever. I'm not trying to criticize this, but I will. <laughs> because, no, I mean, I tweeted at Tom, and I, because he has this habit, and maybe, maybe one day he'll get back to me. Because I'm, just, I'm just Tara. I don't have a giant platform, you know what I mean? So maybe he thinks, whatever, there's no need to respond but the fact is, he does this all the time, and it drives me insane. He 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 says that FDR is was a part of the Tammany Hall corrupt Tammany Hall machine. It, that is not true, and he keeps saying it. And I every time he says it, I say that is not true. And the the and he never responds, and he just keeps saying it. But and it's a and I think he's trying to what he's doing is comparing Hillary. He's trying to give us hope that Hillary will be the next FDR. Now, I have hope that she will be that. I do. I hope that she will be the next FDR. I really, really do. I don't know if she will, but I do have hope that that will happen. I mean, but we'll see, right? But we don't get to that uh, hope by, or we don't, it's like he's trying to make her more palatable by comparing, by, by, and like rewriting history on FDR. The fact is, FDR entered politics by uh, opposing the Tammany Hall machine. And Tammany Hall was the the Democratic. Uh, it was the you know in order for a hundred years, it, it controlled the Democratic Party in New York City, and it was. They handed out favors, they and patronage, and and you really had to be part of this corruption. It was like one hand washed the other, and blah blah blah. But the but FDR opposed Tammany Hall. That's how he be, he began his career. He was not part of the Tammany Hall machine, and I, I just don't, I cannot stand that uh, people. You know, like when I don't know things, I try to look it up. You know what I mean? So, of course, maybe uh, on on a cursory glance, you would say that okay, the Democratic Party of Tammany Hall fame controlled New York politics for a hundred years, during which time FDR was uh, governor. He was uh, he he tried to run for Senate, but because he opposed Tammany Hall, they didn't give him the nod. I mean, he when he became governor, he stripped Tammany Hall of federal money. So it was part, when you talk about FDR and Tammany Hall, it's partly uh, his doing that it was, uh, that Tammany Hall was eventually undone in New York and lost their power. And, it, and with the New Deal, because the New Deal be, got its uh, training wheels in New York when FDR was governor, because it, he was governor during the Depression, and 
the all the new year, the New Deal programs be he the, were tried out here, and he in fact New York was the only state that had any kind of a federal assist not federal uh, had any kind of assistance for people out of work. And at the time, before FDR became president, he sent Francis Perkins over to England to study the, the English social insurance system to see what worked and whatnot. And eventually, you know, he took it nationally. So to say, I, I just can't take it. So how are we ever going to uh, hold the um, Hillary's feet to the fire. If we we can't even like uh, talk about reality, like real things. So when somebody says something that that is, they say it with such conviction, and because people don't know, because we don't learn these things in school, that everybody just agrees. Because nobody wants to seem stupid, so they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was part of Tammany Hall. And everybody just agrees, and it's not true. So I mean, yeah, I want to be, I want Hillary to be president too. But you know, we don't, we don't have to create some false equivalency by rewriting history on our, you know, what I consider um, our greatest modern president. You know, and he made mistakes, and but it was, but don't we don't? Have, I mean, how sad is that that we have to compare Hillary to an FDR that did not exist? We have to lower FDR and hope that we are that progressives will embrace her. I guess I don't know. It's weird, but uh, I I just really so I mean every every time he's he mentions it, I love Tom. We're I mean we're both on progressive voices. I he took me to dinner once with Mike Malloy. He oh, really? probably wouldn't have taken me <laughs> <That's> <laughs> alone. Cool. It was because I was with Mike, and he paid too. So thank hey, you, you Tom. I really appreciate that. And that you, was he's nice. great and nice, and he gave me some great advice. And he's awesome and smart. And I read his books. And even before I knew him, or you know, were was acquainted with him, I read his book. And it really helped me when I was uh, first getting clean years ago. I read his book, The Prophet's Way, which is a brilliant book. But there are things that, you know, we don't, we shouldn't, we, as as normal people, as progressives, have an obligation that we have it, that we with a platform, especially somebody with a platform as big as his, that, like, we do have an obligation to get it right, I think. I and mean, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. And the thing that's funny, too, is that when he said it again, which makes me crazy. I uh, I start second guessing myself. So I went online again and researched. I'm like, am I am I crazy? Was was FDR part of Tammany Hall? Like, what what the hell? So I did another search, and this is because like I don't trust myself. I suppose to be as smart as somebody, or not smart, or just know a little bit something different. You don't have to be smart. You just have to. I mean, I didn't take, uh, I, I went to school, but I learned this stuff on my own because I have an interest in history, and I especially have an mm -hmm. interest in things that I'm talking about in on this platform, so I, that's how I spend my time. I love history. I read a lot of history books. I listen to a lot of history podcasts, and there's so many great history things. I mean, there are other topics I don't know that much about and I want to hear more about, but that's, history is just one of my 
passions because it's just it's just the stories of people and there's so many interesting stories that we can learn from and that you know and history does repeat itself so you know I do hope that Hillary is FDR I hope I I really really do but you know what it's not true that uh, FDR didn't care that he was some kind of corrupt politician until he was pushed into the White House and then we pushed him because in his first if that was the case we there wouldn't have been so many things done in the first in his first 100 days. I mean, he hit the ground running and he cared. Not only did he, li he lived in New York, he married Eleanor Roosevelt, who was teaching in a tenement school. They had, they had, and because of that, he exposed himself to the, I was going to say exposed himself to children. <laughs> no, that's not what he did. That's revisionist history. He was exposed to the, uh, to the other side of the track, so to speak. And he said, uh, made a note to Eleanor, like, I, I can't believe that people live like this. He was shocked at the, at the, at the conditions that the, uh, the people lived in, that the poor that she, that were in her school were, uh, had to live in. So, and I mean, we were going into a break in a minute. So, I just think, and it, you know, his, he was hanging out here in New York with labor leaders and uh, socialists and people like Francis Perkins who had witnessed the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. I mean, and that's where they, she said the New Deal was born that day. Anyway, well, I think we have a break. Yeah, I was um, yeah. going to ask if you needed to take a little bit of a break here and um, kind of <laughs> get a second Let's wind. Take a break. And <laughs> get, get a second wind and maybe um, just kind of uh, just take a little break and relax and <laughs> relax. Okay, let's relax, everybody. Chill out. <laughs> no, you you are you are just you you are going and going and it's like, man, she just uh, is. You got to come up for air, honey. You got to breathe. <laughs> Well, it is a radio show. I don't. I think that if I just sat here silent, people might want to tune out a little bit. Oh yeah, no, that's that's true. That's true. But boy, you 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 are you are so awesome. I'll tell you, you are just so amazing. I don't know how. I don't know where you come up with it. You are so amazing to come up with the ideas you come up with. But yeah, um, it is the half hour mark, and I'm going to go ahead and get you started on a little break here. So this is um, Tara Devlin on um, the Tara Buster, and here we go. Well, as long as everything will work right for us. <laughs> <laughs> and well, was, anyway. Yeah.
Hello, what's going on? Oh, I was um, just oh. going to another um, another. Um, He's going to build a wall. Meet uh, Skeeter, okay. make the Mexicans pay for who it. used to suffer from Obama derangement syndrome. He's totally self-funded. But thanks to you, you now suffers from Trump derangement syndrome. He's going to keep all the Muslims out. Although he has lost his irrational fear of Obama. That guy was on a plane doing terrorist math. He has supplanted it with wall. irrational support of Trump. He's going to keep all the Transformers out of the ladies' room. And once again, you can help. He is not racist. By giving to the Trump Derangement Syndrome Foundation. He just can't help it that racists really like him a lot. Simply log on and give what you can to our Go F*** Yourself campaign. He's going to make America great again. Try to help Skeeter if you can. I respect your opinion and I'm going to beat the crap out of you. America thanks you. Listening to FYI Nation. Original presentation content is for mature audiences. Feel free to tweet us at hashtag FYI Live or visit our chat at FYINation.com. Yes, this is Tara Devlin. And if you're listening on Progressive Voices, there you go. This is, it's Sunday and it's a rebroadcast. So we record live at FYINation.com. And we replay it on Progressive Voices. So feel free to join in um, and tweet, write, whatever. Tell me, shut up. Tell me I suck. I don't, tell me I don't suck. I don't know. I can't imagine uh, anyone saying that you suck. You are just, you are brilliant, Tara. You are absolutely brilliant. Um, and the chat room is just alive and um, oh, just really? alive. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, um, they're chattering away. They're happy as a lark. I wasn't in there. Where? How come I can't get in there? I'm not oh, sure. Oh, I see. I see. I see it now. I see you in there. Let me see what I can say. Anyway, I don't. Want, I now I feel like I should uh, shut up, but it is my show, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna keep talking. Fuck it. Oh Jesus Christ! I wasn't supposed to say that, but it doesn't matter. It is progressive. I try not to curse. And say especially the uh, the f word. So I'm sorry. You haven't kids. heard you haven't heard Mike Molloy lately, have you? <laughs> oh, I know, but he's he's unleashed. Uh, but he's at, he's on late at night. We're on at six o'clock on Progressive Voices, so it's oh. a little early. So I try not to curse, but I do. It's not that I I started cursing when I was young, and it it's a really bad habit that I I mean I grew up on Staten Island, and my mother tried to. She tried to make me not curse, even though my mother cursed. I mean, they, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, each one teach one. But, but I was out. <laughs> I lived across the street from a from a schoolyard. So, and it echoed. And our, we would play baseball in the schoolyard. And I was a tomboy, of course. Mm-hmm. And I was out there screaming, like, that was effing out. You were out. F F. Right, cursing in the schoolyard. I mean, I was like a 10, 11 year old, and my mother would be like, "I hear you in that schoolyard, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna wash your mouth out with soap if I hear you cursing again." And I was anyway. So, cut to me in the schoolyard, and I'm like, "Effing out. You were out. Out. You know, f this, f that," and like echoing through the neighborhood. So I guess she was pretty embarrassed. He, 
and all of a sudden my mother I hear my mother on the I hear Tara and it was like you know, time stood still but she 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 did wash my mouth out with soap but it didn't work and oh did she did are. she physically wash her mouth out with soap she did she stuck, the, she stuck the soap in my mouth I, I don't know where I guess it was like a thing at the time and it did it did taste terrible and I remember like st standing over the sink like p -p -p, like going I hate you p -p -p, and like spitting it out <laughs> but it was you know I didn't it didn't learn. I didn't, you never learn from that. It was like I I don't know. I don't know. I learned from I learned from a lot of mistakes. That's that's how I learned. I'm not a very I may be uh, smart in some ways, but I'm certainly not wise in a lot of ways because I I had to learn. They say wise people learn from the mistakes of others. I definitely had to learn from my own mistakes, but it's. It's actually I don't have any regrets really. Anyway, yeah. I'm getting off topic. This is this is also like a therapy session for me, so I hope you don't mind. And I learned actually that really love is uh, I know it's silly. Oh, as, as much anger as I have, I, I am filled with anger. So that's fine. That's why me and Mike Malloy get along really well because <laughs> we I totally relate we are on the same level honestly yeah. because he's filled with anger I'm filled with anger but it's really sort of like a righteous anger I just I, I have I was always infuriated about unfairness things that were wrong and and I think that that's really that's why I joined the National Guard after September 11th and that was living in New York and seeing the towers fall in in my hometown and the whole everything that happened in that I live in Queens but I could I look out the window I could see the city the city skyline and that I just remember that whole the smell and the the uh, fighter planes flying over and and just feeling like I had to do something and well how I responded was I joined the National Guard and mm -hmm. but you know I mean that's a whole other story I figured at if I joined the National Guard that if there was another emergency like this that I could be I could help you know what I mean that I was I wasn't one of the people running away I could be somebody that was helping that would be called on to you know to assist Brilliant. and that's yeah. and I think that people want that's what people uh, that's why when pe people have traumatic events what what do they do they they, they it, even it, it could either crush you right or but how do people find healing in these traumatic events they go out and they tell their stories and they try to relate them to others so they you always hear that it's just if i could save one person from having to go through what i went through then yeah and that's all the time if i could help somebody from my experience exactly. from this painful experience then but that's that is what we are all connected and that's why i get disgusted when there's people sleeping on the streets it's exa exactly what bernie sanders said when he in his campaign he talked about his spirituality that it's that he hurts when he sees others hurting and that is that's the truth we all hurt ultimately we all hurt when when we live in a country where people 
are afraid to go to the doctor because they can't afford a copay. That's we all suffer from that. I'm sorry, people. I, I'm sorry, Republicans. That you're you're wrong, and they only learn. This is the thing. It's like Republicans seem to only learn when something affects them directly. When then suddenly they'll be like, "Oh, I see." Even even this thing with Trump, with uh, oh, I, I have a I have a daughter, and I I can't I can't imagine, or uh, you know, I I don't appreciate that that kind of talk. I have a daughter. I have a wife, and it's like you don't have to have uh, a daughter or a wife to know what is disgusting and wrong um, behavior. I mean, the, to know what sexual assault is like, it's like they always have to qualify it. But, and like, you'll see a Republican coming out, oh, my son is gay, so now I'm for marriage equality. It's like, you have to have uh, some kind of justification. How about you're just a human being and you understand that, you know, like I don't know, I, I don't walk in everybody's shoes. But in some way, I do. I understand what it feels like to be to not have health insurance or whatever. But it doesn't matter. Like I could put myself, I can empathize with other people. I mean, what, uh, there's something not emotionally stable about. I don't know. I would say like that Republicans are kind of emotionally immature because really, mm -hmm. what is it? What is it that they don't? understand you know what is what's the purpose they 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 want borders okay they're all about border okay i get it too i i agree with bernie sanders it's like you can't uh only, the only people that want this free and open borders really are the plutocrats who get to outsource jobs and make all workers compete for the the lowest common denominator the lowest wage so they they, of course, they, 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 they don't want a border around uh, because then it'll be, then they'll, you know, they'll, there's a standard. They'll, in America, we'll have to have some kind of regulation standards, environmental regulations, worker safety. Let's go to wherever. Let's go to Vietnam where they're making like 19 cents an hour, whatever the hell it is. So let's, and there's no regulation. They can just dump into the environment and, the there's they could just pay off the uh, whoever is going to come around and that's it just throw them a, you know whatever throw them a goat <laughs> make them go I'm just kidding that's being really but but uh, the so uh, I get that so they want borders but they well okay and then all bets are off so then after that uh, everybody on their own I suppose like but and the the thing with Republicans, it's like, that's why they're so angry. I, I, I think about, you know, where, what would they be without their white privilege, right? Like, so, of course, these white men are angry. They say if only white men voted, Trump would be president, which is frightening. But, I mean, Terrifying. okay, so what's going on? <laughs> what's that? Terrifying. Yes, exactly. So, it's, they... So, but what's happening? So they see their privilege is slipping. Is that it? Uh, they see the demographics changing. That women, you know, oh my God, a woman. First we had a black guy in the White House. Now a woman. Oh my God. It's like I guess if they, without their privilege, the it will be just so apparent how mediocre they are. 
So if they if they didn't have somebody to kick down on, then they we would. I mean, if they don't come out of the gate, uh, you know, way ahead, just by the mere fact of being born white, then what 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 will they do? They'll they were really it will their mediocrity they they will be revealed for the shams that they are. I mean, especially these Trump supporters. Oh my God, how can any? Oh, that's a that is like a deal breaker, really. I mean, I know that people have these Trump supporters in their families and friends. I mean, but that it's just so telling that when somebody says that they're a Trump supporter, it's just I just know right off. It's like my God, what what is wrong and. I, I, it's always like somebody, it seems the people, I, I don't really know many Trump supporters personally. I know I have friends, unless they're in the closet, so to speak, because I have seen a couple of bumper stickers on cars, but it's pretty much in passing. I'm, I, I don't know. I live in Queens in the, according to the census, the most culturally diverse neighborhood in the entire country. So People aren't going to be putting, I, I think having a Trump sticker or whatever is sort of like saying F you to your neighbors, right? So, I don't know. Uh, it's, but there's a lot of fear, but that's what I, I think with, uh, what, what's, what scares me about Trump is that really, um, God help us if Republicans figure out how to run somebody palatable, you know, how to run a a smiling, nicely groomed, you know, aw shucks kind of fascist who will is saying the same things and uh, but is just as appalling because it, it, without his implosion, there'd be a real chance that Trump would win, and which scares me. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm less scared that I think that that Hillary will win, hopefully. But, you know, I mean, that's that's why we have to, it's not over then. That's just the beginning. Okay, so we get, we don't, we stave off fascism. What's next? How do you hold Hillary's feet to the fire? How? Unless we have to remain organized. And that's why Bernie's uh, organization, Our Revolution, I think is, that's really important. That's, I mean, I've been trying to keep up with that and main we have to keep the pressure on that way it's not gonna uh, i mean it's not gonna be done when hillary is sworn in i mean i guess we could rest assured that nobody's gonna take away our health care but now if if she gets a democratic congress let's say i hope and they don't push a public option i mean that that's Let's just, uh, we're going to have to push them. That's it. So, and we do it I, by getting people in the streets. This is, it is the truth. And I think that the, the, the Bernie pushed the Democratic Party to the left because he organized so many people, but, Amen, uh, and the young people, which does give me hope for, for the country. But what what brings me right back down to earth is when I, see people like Trump because Trump is scary on because all right let me just try to formulate this thought that he 
he is what he like all good authoritarians he weaves uh some truth into his uh rhetoric i suppose he because he's talking about a rigged election now it's not rigged in the way that he's saying it's rigged there's he's not talking about getting money out of politics he's not he's not going to do a damn thing about it he does talk say that they're bought he, but what they're doing, what he's talking about is undermining the, the, the democratic process. So he attacks the very systems that are put into the democratic process that are meant to stave off an authoritarian. So he, he what is their remedy? Oh, uh, more voter ID, more making it harder for people to vote. Then he's, he attacks the press, what's left of it, he, as they're liars, they're, they're, they're rigging it, or whatever. And, but there, there is no free country without a free press. So that's why he is so frightened. And then Republicans are just, what they do is they, you know, they wreck it and then they say, oh, look, see, it's wrecked and uh, let's wreck it some more. And I just cannot stand them. I was just, there's one thing I wanted to read, actually, and I'm trying to find it. Some, some Republican, <laughs> which is like a, it's like a derogatory term. When I say ugh, Republican, ugh. it's, it's exhausting living with them. I mean, they really need to be a permanent minority. That would be, they, they, that's why I think we, I really wish in the future, perhaps in, unless we completely explode and implode and, and have another sort of civil war that where these people just go their separate ways. Cause sometimes I just think, let them go, but we should let them go. Honestly, that's another discussion, but the, uh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. But where is it? Well, you have these moderators at the debate interjecting the questions with this. Uh, that with the this spin? P Peterson organization, this Fed responsible, a committee for the responsible federal budget. You know what I mean? Mm. That's this is what you talk. This is what fascism is about. So let's put the veneer of, of legitimacy on this billionaire's agenda. I, I mean, what is the committee for a responsible federal federal budget? Oh, it sounds so. It sounds so legitimate and so bipartisan, so uh, on on uh, so objective. But it's this 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 guy's got this. He has got this focus, this laser focus on cutting people's social security and and it and weaving into the body politic this notion, this false notion that the social security is going broke and it's not going broke. It's not. And keep your filthy Republican hands off it, you filthy Republican bastards. Well, they, they wonder what are they going to do? They won't stop until the the cause, the number one cause of death of the elderly, is back to uh, being uh, what was it? Hypothermia in the winter and uh, malnutrition. 
I mean, come on. This is that's a that's a great that's a great country, right? What you could really judge a country by how it treats the most vulnerable people. And especially, I mean, you work your whole damn life. You should be able to have a living wage and you should be able to retire in security without some filthy Republican. What what do they get out of it? What does this billionaire bastard care that some old that old people and people who are on disability and people orphans or whatever that they don't have to eat cat food. What does he care? You know what I mean? What is wrong with them? They they cannot take it with them. But they're gonna make sure that the whatever short life that we have on this earth, however small the um, that little glimpse, that blip of time that we are on this planet, that they're gonna make sure that that blip of time is is uh, the most this harder or more stressful that somebody cannot enjoy uh, their lives a little that you're just supposed and that's why they sell their their baloney about heaven because you're just supposed to shut up and await your reward in heaven it's going to be beautiful then don't 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 pester your betters now but I don't understand like what do they get out of them see I would I would be happy knowing that all people have a roof over their heads and uh, aren't struggling aren't food insecure that to me that seems like a victorious country to me that people who where you have to really struggle to be poor where you don't have well you're not just one paycheck away from being homeless that that you know i mean that's a successful country where you everybody has a certain standard of living that would be a point of pride you would think but not for Republicans. That's why, I mean, this guy wrote this thing on Fox News. I just stumbled across it. Oh, it made me so mad. It's called, It was on this Fox News opinion piece. I don't know. Somehow it ended up on my iPod or whatever. And it said, Team Obama's new overtime rule is dehumanizing, economically harmful, and must be stopped by Joseph R. Metzger. His overtime because people more people will get will qualify for overtime. That's dehumanizing to them. How appalling that people that is will awful. Be paid for the, isn't it horrible? That, that is absolutely terrible. For work, for work. They oh will, my god. The time, the hmm. limited amount of time, the one or two more hours in the day, or even more that people have to put in on their job. Uh, after eight hours, thank you, thanks to the labor movement, right? Uh, that now they'll have to get co fairly compensated for for giving more time out of their short lives. Out of, and I'm saying short because we're all here for a short time, so we only have a certain amount of time. So you're just you're not they the, these republics they want you to just be a pawn, just be a little cog that works and shuts up and. You know, you did, maybe maybe one day you'll uh, maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll win the lottery. I don't know, but so this I'm just gonna read this quickly. It says Texas. This is an opinion piece by Joseph Metzger. Texas and 20 other states have announced a lawsuit to block the the Obama administration's destructive overtime rules. Just how he puts it. Uh, destructive overtime, which are slated to go into effect December 1st, 2016, with less than three months to spare. Victory in the case would save business businesses and workers 
across the U.S. from this dehumanizing and economically damaging law. How is it dehumanizing? Gee, how odd. According to the new rule, salaried workers earning below $47,476,000 a year must be paid time and a half for work done in excess of 40 hours a week. This is up from a previously salaried threshold of thirty of $23,660. The rule promises more pay for working longer hours, more money for lower income employees and struggling families, and fewer hours for the same pay. Doesn't that sound wonderful? This is He puts this in, in italics. Unfortunately, it isn't how it will work out in reality, because here comes their scare tactics. The same scare taxes they've been saying since since FDR signed Social Security, they've been saying Social Security is going broke. It's a Ponzi scheme. They don't come up with any new ideas because he says, this guy goes, I know I'm the person in the leadership institute who is responsible for implementing the changes. I see real faces of those who it will impact. Oh, this guy, he's, a, he's such a humanitarian. How will it impact people for making a, a more money and they're for being paid paid uh fairly and compensated by their employers my god it, uh, how the humanity of it all how do how will we get through this how will we endure he says our salaried employees enjoyed being salaried and treated like adults this is what he says they are given tasks to do, and they decide how and when to do them. Nobody looks over their shoulders with a stopwatch, telling them how long they have to drink their coffee. Like, this is what this guy thinks, that if people get paid overtime, now they're going to have this. I mean, the, he really had a struggle to find something to complain about, for, to pay people. So it's dehumanizing being treated like adults if they don't get paid. Are you freaking kidding me? You know what I mean? This is what this guy, this is what he's saying. That somebody's saying to them, hey, buddy, you took too long drinking that coffee. Like, that's not going to happen, you fool. Yeah. I mean. They are. Uh, yeah, they are. That's what you got to come up with. That's what he came up with. Oh, it's, it's dehumanizing because somebody's going to tell them, hey, buddy. That's a 10-minute coffee break. You drank your coffee for 12 minutes. And they're going to say, my golly, gee, I enjoyed when I was treated like an adult and only got paid nothing for the time I worked overtime. I was very important then. Anyway, we got to wrap up. I'm disgusted. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> for listening. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for... Please like us on iTunes. Listen to FYINation.com. Listen to ProgressiveVoices.com. Tell them that you enjoy our show. And I hope uh, you keep coming back and hanging out with me on Saturday nights. I really, really do appreciate it. So my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you, Jules Frazier, for helping me out. Thank you, and Tara. We're getting out of here. Enjoy <laughs> the rest of your weekend. See you, folks. Peace and love. Mm-hmm.